Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 115 of the Guardian Project podcast. I am your host, Andy, and Coil, did you know that geocaching and magic are really similar? You uh, All you have to do is find an unmarked grave and you can pretty uh, much win the game. Nice. Yeah, when we went geocaching, uh, they, yeah, I guess we did leave a magic card in one of the spots we did and also we Found also him. didn't find a geocache right. because we were looking for a specific grave it was probably marked but we never found it never so we can say it, it was unmarked yeah, we can say it was an unmarked <laughs> grave that's why we didn't find it yeah, yeah 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 and i'm your other host mike and with throne of eldraine rotating out of standard we won't have to worry about kenrith's transformation anymore the buck stops there please listen carefully <laughs> it would be better if Oko was still legal, but you know, <laughs> took care of that one already. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. We have a lot of announcements. Tons. We recorded, so our last episode we had recorded early mm-hmm. because you went on vacation to Boston. How was yes, that? It was pretty it was pretty awesome. Um like in terms of the souvenirs that I got there, I went to a retro video game store and got stuff for my dreamcast and i went to a card <laughs> store and bought some tasha's hideous laughters and that's what i purchased while i was in boston but did you get anything in salem because you didn't go to no, salem it wasn't, so was, actually it wasn't salem where those two stores were so salem is still behind the time selling dreamcast products uh yeah n64 dreamcast but i had a, <laughs> i finally have an hdmi adapter for my dreamcast so i can play it on my tv i'm really excited for it so nice if you're if you play dreamcast you probably know how excited I am to play Crazy Taxi and Power Stone. Those are the two big ones. Not familiar with either, but because we recorded early, we have a lot of things that happened over the last almost two weeks now mm-hmm. since we recorded. So uh, let's jump into those. Uh, the first item is something I'm really excited to talk about. Um, I am officially writing for Commander's Herald. Uh, Commander's Herald is a news-based EDH website with articles to help with deck building, uh, context for new card strategy and politics. Um, and, and a whole lot more. So um, I am writing a series called Good Grief, and I am looking at the ways people can combat particularly powerful strategies. Doesn't have to be something that's broken, just something that's powerful, does what it does well, and can make somebody say good grief. So my first article you can go find at uh, commandersherald.com. I, I wrote about wheel effects yeah. in Commander and how you can combat those. I know how to play them because I have a wheel deck, so I know what stops a wheel deck. And I certainly understand how frustrating they can be to play against. Absolutely. So go check that out and leave me some comments. Did you come up with the title of your article before the release of Modern Horizons 2? No. Okay. I came out with it after. Okay. Because Good Grief, Grief, it was a very good... um, Yes, it was. It was a very good article series. And I'm not just writing about the card Grief. No. (laughs) Like the name for a series. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, very excited to read what you have going in there. Hopefully I get to uh, be a peer editor on, on a lot of the stuff going <laughs> forward. Um, all right. So next point of news, we have an update to the companion app from uh, that Wizards of the Coast released. So there is now a card database that will be located inside of your Magic the Gathering companion app. So um, again, that app is available for Android and iOS now in case you uh, you didn't think it was available for your Apple product. It absolutely is available now. Uh, make sure you go into the Play Store or the Apple Store and get the latest update. I'm not sure yep. if they're actually pushing the update uh, if you have the app. So make sure that it is up to date and you'll be able to use the card database much like you may use Gatherer right now or Scryfall probably is what you really use. 
Um, and you'll be able to find cards in there uh, the same way that you do yeah. on these websites. Yeah. And you need the companion app to play in store now anyway. So you mm -hmm. can sign up for events. So um, it's nice that you'll have it right in your back pocket. Yeah. If someone has a, a, a foreign language card or something that you don't understand, you'll be able to look it right up right there. Exactly. So the next item here is um, the Commander Spellbook head-to-head -head combo card competition. So over the last, I don't know, I'd probably say the last month or so, uh, Commander Spellbook uh, did a head-to-head -to, -head to see which uh, Commander players or which card Commander players enjoyed the most as far as combo cards went. So um, uh, they they included, and I'm just going to go through the list real quick. All of these cards were Phyrexian Altar, Cloudstone Curio, Intruder Alarm, Freed from the Real, Animate Dead, Exquisite Blood, Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker, Helm of the Host, uh, Isochron Scepter, Dual Caster Mage, Aluren, Kodama the East Tree, Retreat to Coral Helm, Umbral Mantle, Food Chain, and Underworld Breach. So it was a random seating, and people just voted all the way up to the end. And the winner was Phyrexian Altar. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, so... Um, I I voted on many of these. Phyrexian Altar is such a great card. Sack a creature, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, I saw lots of discussion that it's, you know, it's not a two-card combo itself with something. It usually does require that, and there's probably two other pieces. But um it was just vote on what you liked playing the most. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't know if I'm really ever upset whenever I draw my Phyrexian Altar. No, I mean I, you can play that in, in decks that don't even care about the graveyard just to get some more mana, you know, playing it in tokens deck and stuff. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm surprised to see Food Chain get knocked out in the first round. Uh I know we were talking about before. I love Food Chain. Never successfully cast a food chain before, but I love food chain. Yeah, the the final the final vote at the very end was Underworld Breach against Phyrexian Altar. Mm -hmm. So complete opposite sides of this entire sure. bracket. Um, so go check that out on Twitter um, at Commander Spell. Uh, you can see all of the, the the weekly pairings and how how those got knocked out. Yeah, hopefully they get to like do it again, and maybe they'll put whatever the winner of the second bracket is against Frexian Altar, and we'll see who the real winner is. Yeah. Uh, for the next point of news we have here is the newest secret layer. So there is a secret layer for a PulseCon 2021 entitled perfection this is a cat theme um, so we're getting four more cards in some very very cool cat themed artwork we get chain lightning generous gift heirloom blade and kodama's reach uh, and these are being created for this pulse con 2021 event um, and then uh, it's it'll be so the the event will happen between october 22nd and october 23rd and we'll have these um exclusive items there these are kind of uh, replacing from what i understand the normal san diego comic-con uh, uh artworks um because i haven't seen anything for this summer i'm not sure if the comic-con even happened this year so i believe these are replacing those so yeah very cool artwork um if you like cats these are for you i really like the generous gift with the cat dressed up as generous an gift kodamas i mean the cards aren't aren't bad they're, they're great, not bad they're great cards so if you're looking for uh different special artworks uh check that out i also just got billed for my secret layer dr layers secretorium super drop so that was the one that happened back in april so the it's before the summer super drop. So we know that they were going to be released late. Um, I know we had talked about on the show a couple of months ago. They said, hey, we're, it's, it's just being pushed back. Um, COVID is obviously still affecting production. And um, so I just got billed for that. But I'm very excited because that included the uh, Shocklands. 
that I had ordered, the Shocklands that were um, based on artwork from other planes, not just Ravnica, and then also the uh, full text lands. So mm -hmm. I'm very excited because I did order those so that I could have that as my draft pack. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is they're really, really expensive, yeah. uh, obviously. And I need like 14 of each. Mm -hmm. But you could only order them as like... Five each? One of each okay. or 10 of each. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And I was like, I need 14. And I wasn't going to order a set of 10 and then four sets of one. Right. Um, so I'm hoping our LGSs have a few and I can just pick up the last four that I need. Because I realized if I have a draft kit, I usually keep like 17 of each basic. Because mm -hmm. if I have to build them, if I build a mono, mm -hmm. then I have 17 lands. But I realized if you're building a mono color deck, it's probably not a big deal to have 14 and then like three of another. Probably not. I think, I mean, the only... I would say like the last set that we had for a draft that really cared about monocolor was was Throne of Eldraine. But right. I, I think even then you still went two color. Even, yeah. But, but you did mostly one color. You did mostly one color. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, you're going to be fine. With so that. if you ordered that, you probably also got that. And hopefully they arrive real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next standard set that we're actually going to see release is Innistrad Midnight Hunt. And we're going to start seeing some spoilers for that uh, this week. I believe it, I'm, you know, I couldn't find the actual announcement. So that's the only reason soon. I didn't mention it here. <laughs> It'll be soon. Um, but how they have already announced that there will be some product delays affecting the Asia Pacific locations of uh, Australia and New Zealand, and then Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand. So, um, Pre-release packs and set boosters should be available right away on pre-release weekend for Australia and New Zealand. Um, but however, pre-release is going to be behind in Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand, but they'll be with the official set release of, on September 24th. So it'll be a little bit delayed, but you're still going to be able to um, do your pre-releases just when the whole set gets released. Right. Um, we also have some announcements. So we we ordered, um, well, I guess we mailed out all of the uh, Guardian Project proxy cards. So if you were getting those and the tokens, they are now all in the mail. Um, some of them are going to be hand-delivered. So um, you're, you're aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you are one that is in local, <laughs> you are aware. Um, so watch for those to arrive probably in the next three-ish weeks. If you're um, waiting for one of these next month and it still hasn't arrived, just send us a message on Patreon. We get the mail services aren't great right now. Um, if you follow us on Twitter or on our Discord, you've probably seen that proxy now. Um, so thank you again to Listener Elf. The art's really cool. It is a Simic Hall of Fame card. We got... So many good messages about oh, yeah. that. So many. Uh, I'll take 10. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I buy this? You can't buy them. It is a patron exclusive reward. Um, we'll likely do some giveaways on Twitter. So, you know, check us out there if you would like to win one eventually. Um, but again, Anthony, thank you so much for helping us out with that. Um, we also uh, want to thank and welcome two new patrons, Brandon Douglas and Daniel Oni. Thank you so much for becoming patrons. Um, what project are we working on now? Um... What class are we in? I the bard class, bard class, or fighter class, fighter class. I mean, those are the classes. Now, I right? pick wizard class because I, that's the one that gives me no max hand size. That's right, right. one man and no max hand size. So in wizard class, you can teach us how to not have uh, a max hand size. Teach us how to have a no max. <laughs> teach us how to how to shuffle a quadruple sleeved 100 card commander quadruple sleeve is that possible well i'm trying to think of if you have no maximum hand size to shuffle with you got ginormous hands yeah so quadruple 
or just like one of those oversized the oversized <laughs> oh, command yes. but every card's that shuffle size. shuffle my plane chase deck for me please so thank you so much for supporting us um if you are listening and you don't support us and you want to you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod donate for any dollar amount or check out all of our cool tiers uh we've got lots of cool stuff to give away and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast whatever platform you are enjoying the podcast on if you could subscribe 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 (laughs) subscribe rate review and leave some comments we really appreciate it and uh yeah we want to hear from you yes you can find us online at guardianprojectpodcast.com you can find our social media on twitter at guardian pod gameplay videos at youtube.com slash guardian project and you can email us guardianprojectpod at gmail.com coil what is on the agenda this week this week we are going to talk about the recently released article of the state of magic design for 2021 uh, and it's going to go over all of the sets that have been released going back to zendikar rising please listen carefully so let's uh we're gonna go back go back in time like a whole year here. Can you believe it's been a year? I didn't play any of these sets in paper. In paper, in store? N- not, a, not a single one. The last thing that I played in store was um, Theros Beyond Death. So oh, um, yeah. we are going to go over the overall magic design. Uh, this is a really cool article. See what our thoughts are. There's a lot of st- cool stuff that came out of uh, these sets for Commander. Uh, so overall, the highlights for the last year, the article says, was that there was a lot of magic purchased and played. Um, they believe that it was a strong year for design resonance. Uh, they said one of the things that they are proudest of in the last year's design is how well of a job it did mechanically capturing the resonance of the worlds they visited. Uh, Adventure World, Norse Mythology World, A Magical School, and then uh, The Forgotten Realms, which is the D&D set. Um, they said each set found the sweet spot of mechanics and themes that brought the world to life through gameplay, and that's it's hard to do. Um, and then lastly, they said set boosters were a hit. Um, set boosters are actually a lot of fun to open if you're just collecting. We do like draft boosters personally here. Mm-hmm. We like to draft our cards. Um, but if you're looking just to open some packs, uh, set boosters were a hit, but they had some lessons for this year. Yeah. So uh, they talked about how they need to get better at extending mechanical themes between sets. So there was some issues with you know going from one standard set to the next standard set, making sure that uh, some of the mechanics worked. We're actually going to get into the specifics when we actually go into the individual sets. Um, however, one that they do bring up in this header is the modal double face cards. So the modal double face cards didn't give the year the cohesiveness that they were hoping for. Um, so these particular cards were designed specifically to you know help mana bases out, the, specifically the ones with lands on the other side, to help mana bases out and give options. And these you know having modal cards and option cards or should open up your uh, ability to you know bring them into the new sets and stuff and, and it just didn't happen the way they wanted to and also the the last lesson i think we're all still feeling it whoever is playing uh, arena right now throne of eldraine being so strong didn't let the other sets shine absolutely true throne of eldraine is still dominating uh standard right now and um so it's hard to see, you know, you don't see a, a, an adventure deck out there right now, a venture into the dungeon deck that's going to do anything. You don't see a dice rolling deck that's doing uh, much, but hopefully we will 
come rotation. Yeah, it, it, it said this is they, they weren't even sure if they wanted to include this in the article because the throne wasn't even designed in the last year. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, Mark Rosewater wrote this. He said it's not the area that he oversees. It's, he's not in charge of that. He said, but it's the number one thing that he gets told is like these sets. We would love to have played them mm-hmm. in standard. They just they weren't on the same level, so we didn't see a lot of it. Right. So um, the first up, Zendikar Rising. There's a few highlights. Modal double face cards with lands on the back were really, really popular. Yeah. Uh, I have I have tweeted. I don't know how many times I've tweeted this. I don't know how many times I've said it here. That is the single. Not, it's the, it's the most thing that I've ever added to any of my decks mm-hmm. in the last year. I mean, it's the it's the most important or most influential set of cards sure. that affected my decks. I don't care if they come in tapped. I have an extra spell. I mean, it's just, it's what I want. And if I draw it turns one through four, I don't care if it comes intact. Yeah. The only time I ever run them in a deck is when the spell on the side, on, on the other side is, is important to my deck. So I know I run the, the fling one, Kazul's Fury. I run Balagad Recovery, arguably oh. the best one, um, which helps you get a, a It's card not even one of the graveyard. mythic ones either. No, it's uncommon. I think it's still like four or $5 or something. And then um, the fight one, there's an ambush, like colony ambush or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it said the modal double face cards were relatively popular, but none more so than the ones with the lands on the back. Mm-hmm. The utility, along with the ease of tracking both sides, made these top the top rated mechanic in Zendikar Rising. Of course, yeah. And um, uh, on the second second point here, players really enjoyed the, the return of landfall. So the landfall mechanic has always been a Zendikar plane mechanic. So they're happy to see it come back. We saw cards, even cards that are very... Very formidable in the commander format, like Scoot Swarm. Uh, oh, we saw so that, um, uh, and and even uh, the white enchantment that makes two two cats a strict upgrade to Felidar Retreat. Yeah, Felidar Retreat is a strict upgrade to uh, Retreat to the white one that made one one soldiers before, and now you get two two cats. So uh, definitely, they they gave some love, um, in particular to white in Landfall, which I I liked. Yeah, Snap on Equipment was popular. It says another Zendikar Rising mechanical theme that got a lot of positive feedback was the Snap on Equipment. Numerous people have asked them to do this more often in the future. So these equipment came in and they automatically equipped to a creature. If that creature died, you obviously had to pay the equip cost to put it on something else. But I do like the free equip. It's it's um. It helps, uh, I guess, push those uh, equipment forward. You know, I think that I think it needed it for sure. I mean, even um, our brand new adventures, for the standard environment. I, I yeah, I think people like it even outside the standard environment though too. Um, we saw in the newest uh, Adventure of the Forgotten Realms commander decks the the equipment and aura based commander has that snap on feature when you cast mm-hmm. it from the top of your library, which is cool. Um, so there was also this party mechanic that they had in in Zendikar Rising. Uh, so people really enjoyed the party mechanic. And uh, the fact that they could do a tribal theme for a specific part of the party or they could do a whole party kind of tribal theme. Um, That being said, it was very much liked in limited and casual constructed. But as our first lesson, it actually did not live up to its potential in constructed. Uh, So party had a lot more problems when it was brought to constructed formats, especially standard. The audience wanted more seating pre and post Zendikar rising of the four relevant class creature types, which we thought we were going to get in ventures of the forgotten realms. And turns out we didn't. Yeah, we really did think that was coming. The next lesson was the set didn't bring back things that they wanted brought back. So um, we've seen this before. People wanted to return. Last time we went to Innistrad, people weren't thrilled about Eldrazi. Mm -hmm. Um, Zendikar, the last time we were, I guess the first time we were there, had Eldrazi. 
um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess the second time it also had Eldrazi. Yeah, this is the first time it didn't have Eldrazi. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So it says this was the the their, our third trip to Zendikar and the sixth set on Zendikar. Um, the the biggest complaint though is the lack of allies. Mm-hmm. So allies, huge mechanic. We got an ally, but it didn't care about allies. Right. It just it could search for things. Yeah, it didn't even care about searching for allies, right? The new Tazri was the new, the, the new ally? Yeah, yeah so um, it said that allies played a major role in the first two visits, and while party hit a similar flavor, their absence was a source of disappointment. They also got complaints about various mechanical elements, the most mentioned ones uh, being the traps, quests, and creature lands. Um, and another big absence for some people was the Eldrazi, because they played such a huge role in the second visit. Um, it says, beyond their absence, many commented that they wished the set did a better job of showing the impact the Eldrazi had on the world um, and they said it's always going to be an issue some people hold onto and love certain things and you know you can't please everyone I for certainly sure. get it for sure and I think the last point really drives that home the third visit really didn't feel like it added anything new so to those people who looked at it and they went well I didn't want Eldrazi but I wanted something that made it look like there was Eldrazi there at some point these these people didn't feel like they got anything thematically from this newest Zendikar set because frankly the last two Zendikar sets were all about the Eldrazi attacking yeah. Zendikar. So this time it was, uh, it was, I can't remember her name, the Stoneforge mystic Nahiri, Nahiri mm-hmm. pretty much attacking Zendikar. <laughs> <laughs> Protecting it, I mean. Yeah. The next set we had uh, Commander Legends. So highlights. Players like the new limited format. Um, they love throwbacks from old magic lore. They enjoyed cool commander designs and they loved the reprints. So the cool commander designs, um, they got a lot of comments about how unique and fun many of the legendary creatures were. Um, Lots of emails and posts about how the product inspired brand new commander decks. And then there were a lot of really good reprints in the set. Absolutely. I don't don't think we have said uh, enough good things about commander legends and we talk about it a lot with all the partners and... I still don't, I still think we've only scratched the surface on a lot of those three color commanders that got printed in there, like Arkelios and stuff that I haven't actually even played against one uh, before. So I think that this product is still going to give us a lot. However, um, there were a few lessons that we learned here. So there were many suggestions about how to improve the draft format. So obviously this was like a brand new type of draft format, a commander draft format. Um, People really liked this format, but it was confusing having to draft two cards at a time. How many cards go in a commander draft deck? Uh, They had instructions for it, but they received a lot of notes about how this process could be improved. So we'll see if we see that in Commander Legends 2 or something like that. Um, So there were some cards that warped the constructed that warped constructed commander. So I know we saw cards like Jessica's Will uh, come from Commander Legends that are starting to see play any chance that you can throw red in a deck i mean it's free mana and free card advantage uh so uh a lot of cards a few cards like that they're actually warping the format in some sort of way hall breacher's got opposition agent uh don't see it play very much but obviously people were very worried about it for a long time um and then some cards uh should have been white they could have been white it says some cards could have been white. I think some cards should have been white. Um, so on the, the ongoing issues with research development has had commanders trying to balance the color wheel uh, inside the format. So with Commander Legends, I feel like this was probably their best opportunity to balance the color wheel. And I think it, everyone agrees that it it missed on that opportunity to help out the color mono white. I think the problem is a lot of people, and I'm just going to... 
a lot of people don't agree. Hall Reacher, I don't think it should have just been printed, period. I don't care if it was sure. printed in white, because I think we would have seen it more often in white. Sure. It would have gone in every white deck, and mm-hmm. I don't want to see that card. I just don't. It is Smothering Tithe and then Hall Breacher. But Smothering Tithe is just giving them mana. It's not preventing you from playing the game. Right. And I like, that's so difficult to try and play against. Agreed. I, I much prefer taxes over you can't do this. Yeah. 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 So moving on, we've got Cold Time Highlights. Players enjoyed the mechanics. Of all the mechanics in the set, they got the most positive feedback about Fortel. It felt new and fresh, was flavorful, and played really great. Players were also happy to see multicolor sagas um, and snow mechanics returning. Um, They also liked the god modal double face cards. So they tried to have each set have their own take on modal double face cards this last year, and the gods were well-liked, although not quite as much as the lands. I really do like having lands as an option there. Um, Players enjoyed that they helped offset the drawback of being legendary. Since you had one, you could play the god on one side, you could play the artifact um, on the other side, Um, and uh, they liked how it added quirky new commanders to the format. Um, they also really like the flavor of the world. So uh, one of the biggest compliments they get about Call Time was how evocative the world was and how each realm had its own distinct elements. It had a tribal component in particular was often called out as a player favorite. That said, they had a really big negative. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you try to shove too much in one spot, you can't always do everything that you want to do. And uh, which of the Coast definitely feels that. Uh, number one piece of feedback they have is that it felt too cramped and it probably should have been two sets. I mean, when you actually look at the lore and talk about the world tree and how it had, you know, hundreds of worlds that were just were just linked uh, with these realms. And they really only went into detail on, on, I think, eight of them. And we really only saw two of them or and one of them. And there's 10 and they each had their yeah. own thing and we saw a few cards from each i mean they could each do their i mean you could do 10 sets in a row oh yeah call time easily easily could have been all like like call time the way that they did uh the the last ravnica set three individual standard sets going over all that going into each individual tribe um so totally understand that um there should have been more anti-snow cards so snow is still an absolutely no downside there's a couple downside cards, but uh, they're not enough to actually make it worthwhile playing in in any format uh, besides maybe limited. Um, so they, they wanted to potentially print more snow hate cards or anti-snow cards. And uh, they said that they stayed way too close to Norse mythology. So another common piece of feedback was that they stuck too close to the source material. Um, almost all the gods, for example, were matched one-to-one with existing Norse gods. So people wanted a little bit more of a detach from that history and that mythology to make it more magic universe. Funny enough, though, this is the set when we were writing all of our episodes talk mm-hmm. about this. I said, all right, Coyle, can you take the Norse mythology background? He goes, no, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. And neither did I. I knew Thor. Like, that's about it. And, yeah. and there was we, the, we know the trample far guy. More, yeah, we, we, we know far more about Greek mythology oh, than yeah. we do about Norse mythology. Oh, so yeah. here we are doing research going, I don't know what this is. I don't know what Tusky is. And, and a lot of these do really relate to For specific sure. things from Norse mythology. So uh, I found this one interesting to see that people wanted to see them venture more away. But I learned a lot about that's north true mytholo- north mythology that's just, true just from this maybe maybe people thought um like with the walking dead secret lair being an ip and they're like too close to the ip too close maybe. to mythology yeah maybe could- all right so the next set that we had is strixhaven school of mages so uh they said that this was a magical a magical school theme 
we all know they mean Harry Potter. Okay, so for the highlights for the set, we have players loved the mystical archive cards that were printed. Fantastic. Players enjoyed having a spells matter set. Players liked the lighter tone and the top-down designs, and players appreciated them trying to do something different with a faction set. So the mystical archive cards were a brand new uh, card slot in uh, draft sets and collector boosters at different foil levels, non-foil, foil etched, and uh, full foil. Uh, people really liked having these in the limited format to really shake up draft. Um, I totally agree, and I actually really liked seeing some of the reprints that we got. Some of the cards look really cool. Um, also in this set, although it's not said in the collector's boosters, we got the Japanese uh, versions of these cards um in like full foil and some really nice artwork actually felt like a uh like a thoughtful reprint of a lot of these cards yeah. too because there were a lot there mm-hmm. was there was was there one in every pack uh there was at least in the set boosters maybe. there was yeah in the I set believe. boosters in for sure boosters, it felt like a, an actual legitimate printing of them mm-hmm. and not like um not like the lottery special cards like expeditions you know where you only get i mean i, I remember back in battle for zendikar it was like one a case i believe right. is what it ended up being these being so i mean we saw we saw huge um price falls in um to fairies uh, still expensive to fairies sure. protection greater good i mean a couple of those even that were that were at mythic but even a couple that were at um rare have gone down which is oh, really yeah. great for for your wallet for sure for sure um so players really enjoyed having a spells matter set so spells matters being a theme that's always been requested obviously when you are in a limited format you have to focus a lot on creatures so it was really nice to see a spells matter theme um balanced well i'll say and and put into a standard and limited set um, so play- players also really liked the lighter tone and the top-down designs. So uh, one of Magic Strength's ability to shift in tone between sets and Strixhaven experimented with a tone lighter than we normally do, and many players really liked it. Um, so And finally, players appreciated trying something different with a faction set. So obviously these were a bunch of two-color pairings, and we know we have names for two-color pairings based on the Ravnica plane. So p- they wanted them to go broader than what would normally happen in these two-color pairings. And although some people really liked what they did, some people did not really like what they did. Yeah, that was the, you know, the first lesson was that some players wanted the schools to be different than their guild equivalent. So Quandrix got a lot of positive nods for its flavor because many players adored that they had a math faction. So Mm -hmm. that was really cool. Um, But they got knocked for being um, too mechanically similar to to Simic. It, it was very very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the common request, mostly um, from more enfranchised players, was that they wished that they had shaken up every school as much as they had with Lorehold. So yeah. Lorehold was uh, Boros, white white red, but it cared about the graveyard, which mm-hmm. was completely different than just going to town swinging aggro. Um, so um, they said they were a little more skeptical if that would have worked for a bunch of non-enfranchised players, but they recognized they could push it further. Um, additionally, the mo- uh, the modal double face cards in this set had a little too much going on. And I, I certainly felt that because I don't know the names of, of the back of I don't know of any of them, to be fair. Yeah, the deans. The deans are modal double face cards. You've got the college professors, the deans of each college. Um, it, it said the biggest strike against them was that they were honestly too wordy and mm-hmm. they tried to push this mechanic a little too far. They also lacked the thematic cohesion that the previous two sets had. So all lands or all gods. They they believe they're going to bring back modal double face cards again one day. And please do, because I... I want them in every set, but I want them like the Zendikar Rising. I would love all of them to have lands 
on the other side. And I mm-hmm. think those are obviously the, the most well appreciated here. Um, they said they need to be careful about how much text goes on the back side of the card. So players should be able to know what the card does just from looking at the front side. So at the bottom left corner of the front side, it, it has usually the name and then the mana cost. Um, but if you asked me what the the deans that were the white and black or the green and blue do, mm-hmm. I just know that they're not something that I wanted to build. That's as much as I can tell you, but I don't know Ooh, what okay. any of them do. I can tell you that the the black colored Dean is the father of the legendary Killian. Killian. So I that story, much I know story wise, <laughs> sure, but I don't under I don't I don't know much about the rest of it. Yep. Yeah. So um, they and then and then finally they said the set treated um, the set treated American schools as as the norm here. So they said um, this was an interesting thing that came up. Um, from a lot of the non-American players, they said because the setting um, played upon real-world resonance and it shone light to the fact that there's a lot of differences between how schools functions in different countries. They said interestingly, some of the things that they used were based on uh, American schools, not American schools, but British schools. Mm-hmm. And so they said because the magical school trope has origin in British schooling, they said nonetheless, it's an important lesson to keep in mind that um, they're a global brand and they need to be careful about how they portray these world world real world tropes it's very cool to see to see them acknowledge something like that and and i'm curious to see how they go about that in the future because if i can learn about other cultures through magic the gathering that's pretty darn cool in my opinion right so our next set here um probably one of our favorites from the last year modern horizons 2 so Mm -hmm. lots of good here um the highlights players loved the flavor and the mechanical callbacks this was the one thing that i loved about modern horizons 1 too um one two one <laughs> as well um so it said modern horizons 2 is basically a love letter to magic with lots and lots of callbacks both in flavor and in mechanics the audience for the set is mostly in franchise players absolutely adored it and um they were impressed with the quality and quantity of the callbacks i i agree i love just seeing mechanics smashed onto things a lot of those cards fit into some of my commander decks now the other day i just played a card it's a human and it's green and white i can't remember the actual name of it but it, it gives me outlast to your creatures that mm. don't have plus one, that have that don't have plus one plus one counters on them so you can get counters on things i, I even saw you play dragon rage channeler in your cedh deck i did i'm i'm playing cards left and right from this absolutely set. i am that um it says that players like seeing old mechanics um get new cards so um, magic has made a lot of mechanics over the years but only so many get to return in premier sets modern horizons 2 allowed them to have the opportunity to bring back mechanics on just a handful of cards and this made a lot of players Players happy having access and supplemental sets to simple mechanics and smaller doses is definitely a tool they're going to want to use more in the future. Ragavan, really cool, has oh, yeah. dash. Oh yeah, I I didn't know how often we would see that mechanic. Yeah, I didn't think. I mean, was the last time we saw dash in the Forged? Yeah, I believe that's the only time I believe it's been printed. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we even saw. I know it's it's not so much an old mechanic that we need to see back, but surveil came back up again on an Esper card, a red card, and then also on some black and blue cards like it normally would be. So it was cool to see uh, even a mechanic that was very recently used to just get a handful of cards thrown back in. Yeah. Um, continuing on, uh, players enjoy the lighter tone. They said it's basically the same lesson as Strixhaven, but it's a significant 
um, that they got the same lesson twice in one year. They said in particular the return of squirrels as a draftable theme was really, really popular. Uh, I drafted it when we – no, I, we played sealed and I played squirrels. Mm-hmm. I actually think all of us played squirrels because it just kind of worked. I mean, green creatures. They're pretty good. It just kind of worked. And then finally, players appreciated having the higher complexity. Um, so Magic Horizon sets um, allow them to dip into complexity levels that they don't use in other products. The audience enjoys this higher level of complexity and is happy that the product is available to provide that. Um, I appreciate it. And I will say sometimes it's also really nice to then later um, play a, a, something that doesn't make your head spin. Sure. Because this is certainly one of those formats that absolutely can do that. And yeah. there's a reason I didn't. I don't play certain decks all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have to remember so much. I have to think about so much. a lot of thinking. It's a lot of thinking. Sometimes you just want to smash face. Sometimes. Gruel. Gruel smash face. <laughs> okay, some lessons. So although some people really liked the higher complexity, some people thought there was just way too much going on. Uh, with all of the numerous throwbacks and all of the mechanics that uh, a new Magic player had, uh, might feel overwhelmed. So it included various number of treatments also that were done uh, to the cards. So we have the retro border. We have foil versus etched foil. Um, extended art and borderless and all that kind of stuff. So um, that added a lot of complexity that a lot of people thought was unnecessary. Uh, some players worried about the impact on the modern format. Obviously, um, we we mentioned it slightly, the card Grief. Uh, a lot of people were afraid that this card Grief, um, something that you can get out for free by exiling another black card from your hand uh, to evoke it out uh, and, and strip cards from your opponent's hand. You could potentially strip three cards from your opponent's hand uh, by turn by the beginning of turn two. So a lot of people were afraid that it was going to warp the modern format. I think Urza Saga definitely has warped the modern format. Um, as Miranda Mordecai Stakoldakar, I think, is seeing a lot of play in, in the modern format as well. I'm not really sure that it is taking over the modern format, but honestly, I think it's brought modern into a very healthy environment where there is multiple decks trying to compete for the number one spot uh, that aren't Tron. Sorry, Tron. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also think that the, the nice thing is that we're coming out of a pandemic where people haven't been playing. So people are still playing just their old decks. True. So the meta is wide open because people haven't been playing every single very much looking forward, Wednesday or Thursday. Very much looking forward to see if, if Mill with Tasha's Hideous Laughter becomes a modern uh, thing. But that is not affected by Modern Horizons 2. So let's not talk about that yet. Um, But the last lesson here is too much stuff for Commander and also not enough stuff for Commander. Um, So there's a lot of feedback that said Modern Horizons 2 gave too much and Modern Horizons 2 didn't give enough. Um, I personally don't know if I built any Commanders for Modern Horizons 2, but I have a ton of cards that went in the 99 or the 98 for all of my stuff. Um, So although I didn't uh, participate in the survey here, I would say that that Modern Horizons 2 gave a lot for Commander. Yeah, I built uh, Lana's Cryptozoologist. I've played against Sithis Harvest Hand. I've played against Chatterfang, uh, Garth One-Eye. I've played against General Ferris um, Rockerick. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't end up building Zabaz, the Glimmer Wasp. I wanted to. I know we talked about that when we did our episode. Yep, yep. Um, and I also didn't build Asmorano, Marduk, Dyson, Nikulikar. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the stuff for it. I'm glad, like, I'm glad we both flexed on the pronunciation of that name. You, you got to do it. You got to <laughs> say it out loud. But see, I haven't played it. Uh, you you want to put together an Ape deck. Just yeah, played a few uh, times. I got a list. I got a list. Um, yeah. I've played against uh, Turok, Dread Cantor. I mean, I've played against a bunch of these. Um, 
I I was happy with the amount of cards I got from this set for Commander. Yeah. I don't think there wasn't enough. I think there was plenty. I could but use, the set I wasn't for Commander. No, it was not. It was for Modern. It is a straight to Modern set, but also for Limited, we, for, for Sealed. Yeah, we need to appreciate that not everything has to be about us. We, Although it is the most played format right now, and they recognize that. Yes, they do. So... Um, We'll see how things continue to evolve. I know a few weeks ago we talked about the power level of Commander just increasing in general, and we see some of these cards are definitely pushed. Some of these cards are real powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that not everything is designed to just continue to push it like that. True. That would be nice. And, and, And one thing that I did want to add before we moved on is although they weren't new cards and they were reprints, we did also get the enemy fetch lands that helps out build your commander mana base. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So that was a really great thing for commander. And if you haven't picked up fetch lands yet, if they're still out of, out of your price range, totally understand. If you ever thought about picking them up, now's the time to do it. They're pretty cheap compared to what they're normally are. I think a scalding turns like 30 bucks instead of what it was at like 60 at some point. Is it really $30? I think you can get a scalding Holy for 30 bucks. Holy moly. Yeah. That, that is um, very cheap. The last time, that I I picked up, well, I guess when I picked up mine was the last time that they were printed. And was that Modern Masters 2017? Yeah, I think so. Um, With the Snapcaster on it. Yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, they, they, they're definitely down taking a look right now. So it looks like you can get one from uh, Modern Horizons 2 for... Thirty-three dollars. I was three dollars off. My you, apologies. You were only I was ten percent off. Ten percent off the price. That's a really good price, and you only need one. And if you can, if you can afford, trade into it. I yeah. mean, but it's not necessary. You don't have to have fetch lands. It does make things go smoother. I would, you know, I will say that slower sometimes though. Be careful that you're not slowing the game down too much with your fetch lands. Know what yeah. you're going to go find. Yeah, um, it's so, difficult to do. So that was Modern Horizons 2. So we have one more set to go over, uh, the, our latest standard set, which is Dungeons & Dragons, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, I very much liked this set a lot, but I am a huge D&D nerd, so that probably helped. So some highlights. Players really enjoyed the execution of adapting Dungeons & Dragons to magic cards. Like I said, I like this set because I'm a huge D&D nerd. I think they did a really good job adapting like all the spell keywords and stuff to everything. So... Like the second point here, players liked the use of the flavor words. So the flavor words like cone of cold and stuff that are seen on some creatures that are just an enter the battlefield effect to freeze something or tap something down uh, and make it. uh, So it doesn't untap. I think these were uh, incorporated very, very nicely. Obviously, they didn't need the flavor words to make them work. They add the flavor words to make us happy. And I enjoyed that. Um, And then the last highlight here is uh, that they added some really cool things to white. Um, So one of our ongoing projects in the council of colors has been finding ways to expand white's part of the color pie to help it in the commander format. Several new things premiered in adventures, of the forgotten realms and the players seem very excited by it and they can promise there's more coming. I think they're referring mostly to venturing into the dungeon and um, cause venturing into the dungeon in white does help a lot for card draw, making mana, making tokens. I mean, it literally does everything. Yeah. Even card. Yeah. Card draw card advantage, right? You get to, at the end of the Mad Mage dungeon, you get to draw three cards and then cast one of them for free. So it's almost like a, a mini om, omniscience or something like that. I guess it's more like a Sunbird's Invocation at that point. But um, very cool that that we have some of these mechanics for the color white. Yeah, the, the few lessons they had, um, one, one of them was that they, they had very polar responses. So they said of all the highlights, except for 
white getting new stuff they also had um, some complaints here while players don't like magic creating cards in other properties um that's you know throwback to the walking dead we've seen you know we've we, we've we saw that that blowback um some players were unhappy with which cards they chose or didn't choose to make cards out of they said they, they were um, a lot of uh, people that were looking for specific characters. Um, they said some also didn't like how they executed certain cards. The biggest complaint was the Tarasque. They said they didn't feel they captured its essence. Some didn't like the use of flavor words. Others didn't like the meta D&D references, such as choosing your path cards. Um, and some others didn't like seeing dice rolling come back um, or come into Black Border. It does feel very Silver Border. Um, you're adding variants to a game that already has some variants. Um I have done that to myself by building a coin flip deck. For sure. I'm playing the game in 50-50 mode. 50% of the time, it will do its thing, and the other 50, it will not do anything at all. I, I do find it interesting that people complained about dice rolling, but maybe maybe these people are also complaining about the coin flipping, but I don't see them being uh, taking up any more time unless you're playing one of the commander precons where you literally have to roll a specific type of die and it changes depending on which card that you're using. So in that case, yes, you only need one co- coin only has two sides. Yeah. They also wanted to see f- more flavorful uh, returning mechanics. So they said another big complaint from players is that they wanted to see the party mechanic. It was the most referenced mechanic. We actually, I mean, I know we talked about it on the show. We said they're definitely setting up party because that's what they actually call a group of people playing D and D. It's the party. There's the card that says "split the party." Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is all about party. Seemed, I mean, in my opinion, and I don't know D and mean, mean, I, I mean, I know it en- enough that I can get by. Oh yeah. But even I was like, really? There's no party here. Yeah. Okay. No, it didn't. It didn't make. So they tried. They tried being, I think, a little bit too purist when it came to including classes like warlock and that kind of stuff, which were not included in the party mechanic. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I appreciated them with classes. Those, I, I, I would not complain about those. I love those things. You know, there's only so much you can do in a single set. And now that we're not in blocks, you can only do so much. So I get it. Yeah, except uh, for industry, we're gonna have two sets of that. It's fine. It's basically I mean, a block. I mean, we, we, I mean, well, to be fair, when we, when we left the block for. Format, we went to guilds, Ravnica, Legions, and more of the Sparks. <laughs> we got so three, three sets set. on a single plane. <laughs> yeah, One was sure. an event set. So there, there was that. And then um, finally, they said mixing flavor words and ability words was confusing. And I can certainly see how that would be the case. They said whether or not the players enjoyed the flavor words. A common complaint was that the mixing flavor words and the ability words like pack tactics um, which is an ability word was confusing. They said this was a good note and they're going to look back and be more careful in the future. Um, and those are the sets that they talked about this last year. So they said with that, they come to the end of the year, so this year's look back. They tried a lot of cool things, which seemed successful. Some didn't come without some thoughtful feedback from the players. Um, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you liked the most, what you didn't like. Um, of all these sets, which one would you say is your favorite? Um, well, I think that's honestly, I think it's a no brainer to say Commander Legends. is absolutely my favorite set here. Um, brand new draft environment that we've been able to do, I think, twice we've together. Done it, we've done it twice. And we've got plenty more of a product <laughs> to actually draft. Between the two of us, we bought mm-hmm. we bought a little bit a lot. of it's this. A lot. It's we a bought lot. a lot of this because I just want to be able to draft it for forever. Right. Um, and it was a big inspiration for uh, still a work in progress of my commander cube. So I got I got to give it props for that. I've built at least three or four different partner decks just coming from Commander Legends. Um, like I said, I think we're still only scratching the surface on a lot of those three color legends that we have that got uh, printed in there as brand new cards. 
Um, I, I mean, the reprints that we got in Commander Legends. I mean, I know I'm literally relisting the highlights that they have here, <laughs> but I really like the Vampiric Tutor and the Mana Drain. We finished our Battle Bond lands. I mean, Commander Legends did the most for Commander, to no surprise for anyone. But I was I the surprising part for me was how much it did for commander. I think our format is so different now because of legends. Yes. I have to write so many names when I track all my <laughs> games because I play against seven, seven partner decks a week now. Yeah. And they're all different. Well, Hey, when I play CDH, I'll just keep playing cast. Yeah, just keep, yes. I only have to write one. I only have to write one thing, one thing. Um, and that's it. That's it for our well, episode this week. Hold on. What about your favorite set, Andy? You asked me. I got to ask you. Okay. 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 So of these sets, I am, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the one that I, I, I got the most benefit from. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say Zendikar Rising because I have at this point without, I, I, I guarantee don't go look at my architect if you have it because I can't <laughs> prove it. But I want to say I guarantee that I've got one of the modal double face lands in all of them. I just, I love them. I want more of them. Um, even the mythics are great. Mm-hmm. I it, it, some of them don't even benefit me that much. The like the the blue one, uh, the Seagate Restoration. Yeah, I've cast it one time. Eh, it was fine. It's pretty nice that it can come in untapped. Yeah, the mythic ones. Yeah, but um, and and it's only three life. I mean, it's only three life, so it's not that yeah. big of a deal. In to Commander. Come in so no I, I'm gonna go with Zendikar Rising. But as far as um goodies for a bunch of my decks other than just those models i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna have to go with commander legends as well yeah it was fun all right no i did i did uh forget one card i want to make a a real big mention because you said these modal double face cards went in all your decks and proved all i will say that every deck that i have that has black that does not include green or white gotta feed the swarm and that's what i got from Zendikar Rising. I got Enchantment Removal. That was, a, good, that was a great card. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and on that, we want to thank you all for listening this week. Um, if you want to find me online, you can find me on Twitter at ATFlory. And you can find me on Twitter at WormCoilEngine. And of course, we want to give a special thanks to our producer and editor, Ryan Nichols. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And another special thanks to Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design. We love everything that you do. And to all you listeners out there, we will talk to you next week. More, more modal double face cards. Well, probably. I mean, all of them. As next long year. as they're not Dean on together. one side, Dean on the other side. Dean on one side. And, and like then a Daniel on the other side would be cool. A land on the other. Oh.